He'll score standing into the end zone. He took a big leap, and Atlanta has grabbed the lead. To the 10, to the 5, and he's into the checkerboard. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn has won the Iron Bowl. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. The countdown is on. Big Poppy is heading to Cooperstown. Peyton is out of the Big Easy, and we get ready for conference championships. Welcome to the Sports Porch, powered by SportsTalkATL.com. Clark, Jim, and Rico, yes, the whole crew is together yet again. Let's go ahead and let it fly, and let's go off the porch. We always start the show by giving you a few pop culture and sometimes sports stories that grab the headlines over the last week or so. I would say we're open for business, but mm, more details on that in a second. But we would love to help you promote your brand. Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Porchcast or email us. Uh, never mind. I forgot the email uh, password. So it doesn't matter. But hit us up on Twitter because uh, we love to uh, interact with people in general. So, uh, yeah, kind of went ahead and let the cat out of the bag there. But go ahead and get the announcement out of the way. Uh, I say countdown is on because we are only a few shows away from – putting the mics on the shelf for a little while, um, at least for the time being. I, I, you know, I don't want to say it's like an end. I just want to say it's, you know, a good hiatus, I think. Um, I, you know, no reason to get sentimental here, but just definitely want to get it out there. Um, three shows left, in, you know, including this one. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, hopefully we can uh, go out with a bang. Um you know, I mean, I guess the Braves kind of already did that for us. We should have ended back then. <laughs> World Series, and we're out. <laughs> we've accomplished everything we can here. We've complained and bitched and moaned about Atlanta sports for long <laughs> enough, and uh, they finally delivered. <laughs> that would have. That would. We were just still in shock, thinking that somebody was going to take it away. I mean, thank God for Braves Twitter because they will never let you forget that the Braves are World Series champions. I know, right? But now it's overshadowed by those damn Bulldogs. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say now, the way the lockout's going, we might be champions for a lot longer than we, want, than we thought. And yeah, I think at least we, we got it this it. time before the lockout happened, right? I think last time it was like we incited a lockout and then got, had to wait, you know, until 95 to get one. Although some of that's on us because we should have gotten one before then, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, perfect bookends for the Braves, uh, depending on how this thing goes. But we'll we'll touch on that a few. But yeah, just wanted to let you guys know um, we're going to try to do our best to entertain you for three more of these, um, and then you know what? As I said in the group text, we will come back. We're in the four or five, not to take, uh, not to play games at you, but to take aim at you. Quote old Jay-Z there uh, in my whitest voice possible. Wow, I really said that like so lame. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't even like Fort Minor good. Exactly. I mean, Mike Shinoda with, for Fort Minor was pretty dope. I mean, he had some good beats. I mean, I mean, he had some crossovers. 20% strong. Uh, never, you know, 100%. You know, blah, blah. Concentrated never... power and will. will. Bro. Come on now. <laughs> 5% pleasure. If he said, yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of math. <laughs> like you know, Asian it's, it's 100, Let's move on. 100% you will remember the name 
the sports porch. How about that? There we go. That's a perfect way to you know wrap that little topic up. All right. So obligatory comic book story. And again, I always you know hand the mic off to Jim, our expert. But I know this story came out last week, but I feel like it's you know worth mentioning. Uh, but the fact that the Batman, the new uh, edition of the series, uh, with starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, is uh, they they announced that you know it's complete and everything like that. But the runtime is just a hair under three freaking hours. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> that just seems really. It seems really strange. Rico, for you a, can say fuck. This is not. We're not just say <laughs> we're it. not on the radio. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, just right. say what the fuck. Kids aren't listening. It's fine. <laughs> no kids are listening in the car. You're right. Um, this is not morning radio. Nobody cares. Um, but yeah, what the fuck, dude? I mean, <laughs> it's thank it's you. Weird. It's thank weird you. because it's weird because it's not, you know, like in game where it's the culmination of 15 movies that we've been waiting for. You know, like this. You know, in game. It's a reboot. You know, like so this entry into the series should be like a little softer. You would think, right? Maybe just two hours and 15, maybe just, just a little over two. That's what I would like. I don't know. Rico wants just the tip. I want, I want just the tip to figure out if this is going to be a good cast and, you know, script and director combo. I think the two things I want to see for sure is, you know, kind of the, you know, Batman being a detective, like kind of that noir uh, style, which I think is going to happen. The other thing I want to see is, you know, Matt Reeves avoid the death of the Waynes. But I have a feeling that will still happen because there's got to be some contract somewhere within Warner Brothers and DC Comics. Like, you have to put the death of the Waynes somewhere in a Batman story. And I'm like, okay. How many times have we seen that family die? <laughs> Four. I mean, I get it, but I feel like you're. I think you're right. They're going to have to put it in. I don't know if it's contractually obligated, but it's more of just the fact that with a three-hour movie, I feel like they're going to try to give you the entire arc of the loss, the rise of the character, and then you know some a little bit of defeat and struggle. Maybe three villains. I know we know about the Riddler, but maybe they're going to throw a surprise in there. I mean, it's three hours. Which for us is going to feel like, hey, why do we have to keep reliving the same moment over and over and over throughout the rest of our lives? But, Jim, let me ask you a question. Like, why are they rebooting it in the first place? I mean, Batman v Superman, I get not good. But, like, why go through this now? Because Warner Brothers doesn't know what they want to do. And so... Yeah, the 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 TLDR version of this <laughs> is um, initially this was supposed to be um, Ben Affleck's solo uh, solo Batman project. He was going to direct it and star in it. Turns out that wasn't going to work out, and so they like okay, we'll just reboot it. And which I think is just a it's the ultimate like you know, cop out when it comes to if, if something doesn't go your brothers way. is basically in charge of this whole situation and they're, they're trying to issue a cash grab right now. Is that what you're saying? Oh, exa- exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because they, they botched their, their, uni- their universe with, yeah. you know, Cavill yeah. and Affleck and all that. I love Superman. Cavill is Superman. First of all, I just want to say that I'm a stand. So whatever. No, you know, Henry Cavill's Henry Cavill's great as Clark and, and, um, 
and Superman. Um, basically, what Warner Brothers is, is trying to do is maybe try and take advantage of a multiverse aspect. Which I mean, yeah, which I'll give them. I'll give them credit. DC kind of started that, so I, yes, do that. But it's just the way they've gone about it with some of their uh, with some of their choices with uh, with their films and all that. So you know, <clears throat> while we're on the superhero thing, specifically Batman, I got to ask you both a question. Uh, as I stare at a picture of Jim standing next to the Batmobile in his Skype photo, I just want to know, and this is something that I saw earlier today when somebody was saying something about you know, tell me a thing that bothers you that other people will think is crazy and the guy said if superheroes were real batman would be fucked (laughs) so what do you guys think about that (laughs) you know it's it's not wrong i mean (laughs) i mean i mean cyclops has laser vision for fuck's sake he's screwed i mean even aquaman is gonna you know is, is uh, Bruce getting in the water with Aquaman? I don't think you want to do that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he has that face mask. Like, the, you're right, smarts and money kind of offsets, you know, some things. I mean, at least with Steve Rogers, he may not be the richest guy in the world, but he's a unkillable, super, like, like <laughs> legit, like, superhero. Yeah, and he's, he's almost unkillable. <laughs> he almost picked up Thor's hammer. <laughs> and then he did pick it up. Yes, <laughs> but the first time he almost did it, it was almost it was the perfect tease. Um, yeah, but you know when it happened in Endgame, though, wasn't that awesome? Do you guys remember how awesome that felt to sit there and watch that, and then look at Thor and he was like, "I knew it." <laughs> <laughs> well, because then we got full like comedic Thor, you know. By that point, like it's once great. You, once you had fat, that once you had fat Thor, it was like, okay, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> So look, is that the difference? Is that the difference in why Marvel's so successful and DC is so shot down casting? No, no it's, it's not casting. It's See, I agree with you because Christian Bale's Batman doesn't need to be rebooted. It was some of the best movies ever. And then uh, uh, what's his name is the Joker. And please forgive me for forgetting Heath Ledger. Thank you. Thank you. Because he's one of the greatest actors that ever lived. Uh, gone way too soon. It's the best joke. I, no one can ever... Beat that. It it's not just it's not just casting. Mar- uh, Marvel had a plan, and they stuck and they stuck to it uh, er- early on, starting with Iron Man and with and with Warner Brothers. You know, they thought, oh, you know, we can do this, and yeah, you know, it, they didn't go about it the same way. Like with Zack Snyder initially, there the story he wanted to tell, I think, was like five movies long, but they didn't think about how to really incorporate all these other characters in, into it. So I take that a step further and say that Marvel had a plan and they did it in in the vein of what the fans wanted. And DC took the I know better than you do approach and ended up with Tug Speedman. Um, <laughs> Tug Speedman. As what? Batman. So... You're, no, you're 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 right, and I don't hate I don't hate the the DC films. I hate Warner Brothers and how they went about it and their leadership because there has been yep. none. That's yeah, what no. it is. Yeah, that's, they that's think exactly. they know better. They don't. They didn't even probably read some of the graphic novels and things that people are into these days that have crossover value with DC, and it's just 
they did a disservice to the franchise, which is terrible. But at the same time, it's like, you know, this isn't wacko, yakko, and dot you're talking about here. It's fucking Batman and Superman and people that we grew up with and idolized and, you know, wanted to be what Marvel was. Like, we wanted you guys to get it right. And I think in the Batman Begins franchise, it was great. And then after that, it was just sack lunch. And it has a lot to do with who you're getting to direct these things too. You know, like Christopher Nolan doesn't need to be left out of this conversation when we talk about when DC was successful. Because if you, I mean, 2008 wasn't that long ago, and the Iron Man thing was just booting in, and Batman was already going, and it was fantastic to have both. And then it seemed like one fell off and the other went to the moon, and that has a lot to do with. You know, people being assholes. Yeah, and and you know the, the when it comes when it all boils down to it, Marvel Marvel had one one person or a couple of people in charge of their creative. You had and, one job. And Warner Brothers, <laughs> Warner Brothers didn't put anyone in charge of the creative. They they basically thought they could take executives and you know do it themselves. But you know, listen, it's hopefully with you know this film and. And the Flash and some of the stuff that's coming up. Hopefully, they can rebound. And you know, the back the the Batgirl movie on HBO Max that still looks great. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think what Clark touched on a second ago that I I wish was true because I think that's that's what you're trying to say is I want to live in a world where both Marvel and DC has the successful franchises that have crossover value, and I can enjoy both. Whereas you know, obviously we only got one that does that, and then the other one has standalone movies because, yeah, the studio heads can't just make a plan like yeah, Jim's and stick, yeah. stick with exactly. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, th- yeah. think of it this way. We very well, we very well might get uh, Ben Affleck as Matt Murdock in a couple of years. <laughs> Which is bring, just, please don't do back. that. Please don't do that. I mean, yeah, look, that, like, to what Rico, your, Rico, to your point, like, if you think about the Marvel MCU and the Sony Disney rights situation, they still allow that crossover to happen and they did it a really good in a really good way. And for those of you that haven't seen the latest Spider-Man do yourself a favor. It's, it's one of, if not the best movies uh, that's come out in a while and um, it's worth it to see. And it makes, it, it will make you excited for the next movie that comes out in that universe. And uh, I think, you know, these executives get in their own way and say, oh, it's a business decision or whatever. And it's like, I thought your business was to make money because if that's what your business is, then crossovers work real good. Yeah. And when I say Affleck as Matt Murdock, I'm talking about years. Casey. I'm talking about years from now with Secret Wars because in, in because right now with Marvel, the code, the key word is multiverse. That's all I'm going to say. Well, dude, if I don't ever see Ben Affleck in any sort of costume again or on TV or the big screen, I'll be fine with it. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Matt J-Lo, Damon's better. The J-Lo meme was perfect, though. You know, when he whispers in her ear. It's, it's been used so many perfect it's ways. It's so good. Honestly. It's so good. On the basketball court or whatever? That yeah, one? yeah. They're in a basketball yeah, game? So yeah, good. It's, so it's so good. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, well, uh, sticking with TV and film, I don't know if you guys have been caught up. I'm pretty sure, I know we've talked about it, it's been like two years since we've got a season, but Ozark finally came back, I think, last Friday. 
Uh, me and Kimberly finished it last night, so we, you know, we did take our time. Damn, got kids and shit, but it's only seven seven episodes for this season four part one. That's a, that's a downer. Yeah, so they're gonna give us a season four part two to end the series. You know, they took the Breaking Bad route, but I heard a lot of it was filmed in Georgia. Oh yeah, they've been doing they've been uh, doing the Lake show in Georgia Lanier for the most part. Lanier, Altoona, I think they do a lot of them in the Altoona area. Um, you know, his office, I think in like season two when they blow it up, that was actually near my actual real job office in uh, Peachtree Corners. Kind of cool. That would right be across. also near my real job office. <laughs> <laughs> right across the street from where I where I work most of the time, how I pay bills. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, for me, like, it's – I mean, you know, it's it's hard to rank things in general, but it's a top five drama series for me. And I'm not maybe I'm exaggerating, but it's also just my opinion. And I'm like, I mean, I've seen The Wire. Um, Game of Thrones wasn't really my favorite thing in the world. Um, Breaking Bad's obviously up there. The first few seasons of Dexter's up there. But I mean, it's hard to get past a show and not start getting bored with it. Like, yeah, Dexter's yeah, what, first three, Eads first three, yeah, a couple. There's a few, but you know, and I mean, House, the Wire, I think The Wire good. was great for like five seasons on HBO. That's one of the best shows of all time. I mean, it, it's still, it's probably my my number one because I just recently you know, finished I, it. Like, I haven't even seen it. You know what? That's a it's a good one, man. I'm telling you, you'll get sucked into that world. Uh, season two is kind of annoying, but it does serve a purpose. I'll say that. Um, anyway, but back to the on stay on topic here. Ozark. Uh, I don't know. The thing I love about it so much is it's so intense, and I just love. I don't know. I think I just love crime. I love. I always say that. I think I've said this like when we first started the show five or six years ago. I always tell my wife, I'm like. I just want to live a life of crime sometimes, you know, like I want to do crazy stuff without actually hurting people. Can I do that? Like, no, no. I like it. Doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. I actually does it? like the ones that are the cop crime too, where it's like, you're kind of towing the line a little bit. So like you get to be the, the good guy, but you're dealing out damage kind of I like that too. I just like being, a, I like the idea of being a, a great uh, drug dealer or in this case, it's money laundering. So you're like, well, I'm not really doing the bad stuff. I'm just cooking the books for the bad people. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just want to know how to launder money. That's all I'm saying, guys. And I feel like I can't Google that without getting flagged by the FBI. Or talk about <laughs> it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> FBI ain't looking at us, dog. <laughs> podcast that's on the internet forever rico you idiot <laughs> uh it's okay i don't think i'll have to worry about you don't i don't think you have to worry about me laundering money anytime soon <laughs> first of all what's the name of the podcast the sports sports what do they talk about money laundering and general <laughs> financial crime um i think it was a bank heist they were planning last time <laughs> it's the perfect cover what are you talking about <laughs> We literally lay out a plan for a, a heist like heat and uh, nobody yeah. notices because what nobody listens. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Or like J- Jim is secretly, you know, uh, he's like, uh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Swayze in, in uh, Point, Point Break. Break. <laughs> Clark is Johnny Utah. He's been <laughs> the mole the whole time. <laughs>
Yeah, that would be that would be pretty awesome. I don't. This conversation went off the rails. I just wanted to say Ozark has been fantastic, and uh, some of the radio shows I've listened to this week, as far as sports shows, like I'm like, am I just in the right demographic? And everybody's too old because I've heard a lot of like ragging on it, and they're like, oh, they're introducing characters. I'm like, they introduced like one new person. What the hell? <laughs> Not even that much. Like, get it together. <laughs> like, are you? You can't pay attention to things. I don't know. It just bothers me. So I just wanted to throw some flowers to um, my father-in-law's man crush, Jason Bateman. Um. He's awesome. <laughs> I love Bateman. I love his like dry, witty humor and like how he's always walking and talking shit. It's always subtle. Uh, and Laura Linney, who plays uh, Wendy, his wife in the show, yeah. is uh, she needs a. Is it a Golden Globe or Emmy for Emmy's TV shows? TV shows. Okay. Whatever she needs, she needs the award because uh, her character arc has been awesome. She's uh, definitely turned into a bit of a, a spiral, and it's it's been fun to watch. So. It sounds anyway. like you're inside a fish tank. I hope that's only on my mic. <laughs> um, yeah, no idea. Jim will have to let us know on that one. But, yes, Ozark's awesome, so watch it if you haven't. Um, Maybe on the next episode, I'll be allowed to spoil uh, everything. There's a Eminem reference on the next episode. <laughs> Actually, that was Dre that said that, right? Yeah, that was Snoop. That was Dre. It was. Is it, it Dre or Snoop? No, it was Dre. Yeah. I mean, they're both on the song, so yeah, I don't know. Probably, it was probably Dre. You're right. I don't know. We're not really adept on our uh, rap history, apparently, but uh one of the pieces of history that we do want to mention uh i would say it's a downer but it's not because it's more of a celebration um it's unfortunate but it's a celebration um over the last week we've passed a couple anniversaries that are um a couple of fallen legends i guess you could say uh two-year anniversary for kobe one year for hank um i know it's just two of the many you know big icons we've lost over the last couple years i mean throwing Betty White just recently. Um, and it's been a doozy of a couple of years just in the world with pandemic and all that kind of stuff. But being a sports show, I figured, you know, just uh, just take a second to remember a couple all-time greats. I mean, it you know, it's also kind of weird that their respective teams won championships shortly after they passed. Um, it's almost like they were the guardian angels for those, uh, those squads. I mean, not necessarily with Kobe because I mean, the Lakers were a super team at the time, but um, with Hank, I mean, the Braves were floundering, <laughs> I mean, to say the least. And then they kind of rose from the ashes. Like Hank just was the angel in the outfield, like pun totally intended. And, you know, literally because they had 44 in center field all year. So uh, pretty wild. Uh, it's just weird to sometimes like you, you forget that they're gone almost. Cause you just assume like, Oh, I can't wait for, you know, Hank to be there at the celebration. You're like, dang shit. Or like, Oh, uh, you know what? Kobe's probably working on some cool project, you know, since he's out of basketball and he's like, shit, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you under- does that make sense? No, yeah, yeah. I did. I mean, you know, it's it's not cool the way that you remember people are gone. It never is, right? Because it's always a bad memory. Like shit, that dude crashed in a helicopter with his daughter. That's horrible. 
And then Hank, like, of course, he's he's going to pass away right before we get one. That's just, you know, those guys wish they could give it to him. But having having his wife there, uh, I, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but I got so choked up when she was talking. Uh, what was that game one? I think she was at game three. three. I got to go to four, so I missed it for three. Um, I was I, at the game when it happened, I think. Um, yeah, but I yeah, I was told about it. I was like, you know, they said it was like a great tribute. I wonder if that's – is that on the Blu-ray? Because I did buy the Blu-rays, by the way, <laughs> for the uh, – so I can go back and watch oh, the game uh, and that documentary. I was – dude, I was freaking crying watching that documentary. I was just so happy. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe – are you sure it's real? I'm still not sure it's real. <laughs> I still need to actually – I keep forgetting that they make like – you know, year of um, end of year like DVDs for champions. Like it's just something that never crossed my mind, especially in this <laughs> in this era. Well, it's well, it's one of those things. I so I was talking to Richie about it. I was. It's one of those things I always thought about growing up because obviously the Braves won in '95, and then you're like, oh, uh, I actually found a old VHS, so I put it in my basement, like on display now yeah, of like, the highlights three. of that. What's that? I'm just saying. Sorry, I, I just looked it up. It's it's game three. Miss Billy was at, and uh, and Snicker actually said I got to hug Billy, you know, and then he choked up, and I mean that was it. I couldn't take it anymore, you know. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's super emotional, and you know, uh, like I said, he he carried us there for sure um, from above. But it was one of those things. Yeah. So I yeah, when it goes back to the box set or the highlights of a of a a championship run. Jim, you were saying, you're like, oh, I forgot they do that. Well, yeah, because we haven't won anything in long enough for you to actually go out and buy it, right? Um, so now that we won something, I was like, oh, shit, I should buy that. And uh, I was going through a bunch of old stuff in my basement, and I found I actually have a VHS with 95 World Series. So put that up on a shelf, whatever, um, next to, like, some other crap I bought from the stadium, you know, some pearls and whatever, blah, blah. But um, it's just I, I've been thinking about it for years of like I want to, you know, I think it's like say like you're watching the Super Bowl in 1998 and you're like you as soon as the game's over, you get that commercial like Sports Illustrated special edition, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to buy that. So when we finally won it, I was like, well, shit, I guess I have to buy it. And I was like. I, of course, I saw somebody post on Twitter where they got it for like thirty percent off, so it was only like twenty bucks. And I was like, "Well, I paid full price. Fuck, <laughs> I'm an idiot." But I mean, you gotta have it. You gotta have it. You get all the games, all six games of the World Series. You get Game Seven of the NLCS, and um, like I said, like a ninety-minute documentary that kind of uh, talks about their improbable run. So uh, it's it's just can't can't get enough and uh yeah we'll always remind everybody that we won and we are those motherfuckers um that's a good transition guys because left a spot in the rundown here for an update on the mlb and you guys might be a little more in tune this is either going to that or milfs so (laughs) good job (laughs) but um yeah, the lockout. It's uh, I guess there's been slight reports that 
the players might be willing to, be, you know, bend on some things. Who really knows? I just, I almost wonder, like, do you guys think maybe this is kind of a coup to uh, shorten spring training? Maybe, maybe shorten the regular season by like 10 games and expand the playoffs. Could this be part of the, the, the conspiracy theory master plan behind the scenes? <laughs> I'm just kind of wondering, like, maybe, maybe something's going on here. I mean, I think it's worked for the most part in in other leagues because NBA. I don't think the NBA is pull, playing a full uh, full eighty two, and even with in, the NFL, them uh, decreasing the amount of games it is for uh, for preseason to three, but obviously getting an extra one for for the regular season. You know, i i would I wouldn't mind if they did, you know cut the season by 10 or 12 games. I mean, I think that, you know, what's funny, Clark, is like the average person has no idea that baseball is 162 regular season games. Like I've had to explain that like 17 times last year of like, oh yeah, there's Braves game on. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, cool, cool. How many have they played? I'm like, oh, you know, they've played 80. Like, oh wow, that's a lot. How many more left? I'm like, I don't know. 80? <laughs> 84? 82? 82 after this? Uh, <laughs> like, 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 oh, what? man, the season's almost over, huh? And you're like, nah, we're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, there's 365 days in a year, so they tell me. And uh, half of that time is spent playing baseball. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's pretty nuts when you think about it. So, uh-huh. I mean, Jim, you're right. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to care if you cut it by 10. Um and maybe it means that those games in May matter, or maybe it doesn't because the Braves showed that, you know, if you play in a shitty division, you can, uh, you can just hang around long enough. <laughs> what would you guys feel about seven innings instead of nine? I like it for doubleheaders. I, I actually think it's been great for doubleheaders. That's a great point. Uh, we talked about that a little bit on the show, but I don't know that we've really given our, like, boots in the mud kind of opinions on it uh i think it's i think it's fantastic i love that idea i don't necessarily like the runner on second thing in the extra inning games uh like when they're just a single but the double headers at seven innings have been more fun to watch oh it's perfect i mean when they have the i will say there's there's Sorry, I will say there's a caveat to that and that's if you're going to the game it's kind of bullshit like what happens at the stadium and how they like kick you the fuck out. And then it's just, uh, it, I don't, I don't know, man. If you have the tickets, it should just be fine if you want to stay. And you, and you should maybe get, you know, like, or maybe there's an option where you pay a little bit more, not full price for the second game, but you know, you're paying for 14 innings instead of nine. I don't know. Cause it's, it's weird. And they shut it, shut it all down. And like, it can't be good for the people that work there either, because they're trying to get everybody the hell out. The ushers are all pissed off. All the people have to shut down the food and stuff, so people aren't like still trying to get hammered. And it's it's just stupid. That part is stupid. The logistics of like how to run a stadium that seems just asinine to me. Yeah, I definitely think the uh, seven seven innings and a doubleheader has been absolutely fantastic. I hope that. That not not just you know not just the owners 
but people in power kind of get their head out of their ass and realize that you're you're in danger of hemorrhaging fans again and i don't think it can survive another uh another situation like that well we're gonna touch on that actually in a second because uh i feel like the people in power or at least the old guys who are writers don't really care about the hemorrhaging fans um but before we touch on that, um, yeah, there is really no update. We hope there's a meeting that they just magically – me and Jim did a show, what, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. We thought, you know, news always breaks after we do something because it makes us sound stupid when we post a show that we didn't have a, you know, the topic on the breaking news. Didn't work. You know, maybe we'll get you this time. But um, I, I, uh, I really wanted to weigh in on – the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. looks like he's back. And I don't think – I know it's just like a little soft toss BP in a cage. I don't think there is a net strong enough to make me throw him the ball and have That's him hit that Hell no. Hell no. Clark, hell and, and no. I, I want you to speak to this because you were talking about the difference that – I didn't really catch on to it first, but when you pointed it out, I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Okay, he's back. Well, yeah, yeah, I was just saying, you know, a couple of these videos have come out now. This is probably like, what, the fourth one? Third? I would say so, third, fourth, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And, like, everybody was getting all hype about the first one, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, "Mm, you know, I love Ronnie and everything, but that ain't, you know, I mean, yeah, he's. I'm glad he's swinging in the cage and stuff, and they're like, ah, you know, it's crazy, listen. But it didn't sound the same. And then, like, the second video came out, and I was like, okay. It, it, it's about the same, maybe a little better or whatever. Now we're at the fourth video, and it's like it sounds like the man's you know hitting nuclear warheads off of his bat. Everything's barreled, everything's center cut. I mean that sound, it's just it's middle of the barrel of the bat, right dead center of the ball, and it's just uh, it's different. It's different. It's like. I don't know if you've ever been to a PGA Tour event or not, but if you get to go to one, make sure you go listen to these guys hitting on the range where you can stand close enough to hear what it sounds like. When, so you can hear what it sound, what it's supposed to sound like when you hit a golf ball because that is not what it sounds like when I hit a golf ball. <laughs> Definitely not what it sounds like when Rico hits a golf ball. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to listen to – Justin Thomas, it doesn't even have to be Tiger. Tiger, I mean, Tiger peers them too, but Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, Roy McElroy, Dustin Johnson, those dudes know how to peer a fucking golf ball. And it sounds completely different. And that is the same way if you followed baseball long enough that Ronald Acuna Jr.'s bat sounds when it hits a baseball. And I didn't hear it the first three videos, but by God, in this last one, it's for real. And no, I would, an L screen, no, it better be. I'm in another galaxy throwing him soft toss. I'm not. You're never safe. Jim, do you feel like the revenge? I mean, I don't want to put any pressure on him, but at the same time, you know, the longer the lockout goes, the longer, you know, the more time he's got to really get healed. And I'd say if you give him 150 games, that 40-40, I feel like it's got to happen if he's, you know, I just, I just cross my fingers that, 
we've talked about it before that we don't have a you know groovy situation where it's like what could have been if he stays healthy because I'm like this kid is he's every bit as special as the hype is out there. He also kept us afloat when we were dying, you know, in the middle of last season. I mean, he deserved he deserved the ring as much as anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's like, and not to reiterate what Clark said, but you're right. The sound was different. His his swing was different. Um, his you can you can also make the argument from video one to video now. His swagger was different. Everything seems like it shouldn't it shouldn't be possible for him to make this recovery this fast but he looks like he is and yeah as much as we miss baseball as much as we want the lockout to um to end so you know regular major league major league activities can can start up again this might actually be helping him go at his own go at his own pace not necessarily have the not stress but have the looming you know oh i have to be ready by this date sort of thing he's Whatever he's doing, he's working. And right now, I think I can't believe I'm saying this, but Ronald Acuna Jr. with a with a repaired ACL might not lose a step, which is completely weird to say. Um, before we get to that kind of annoying topic about baseball uh, that you know everybody was bitching about the last couple of days, what about the forgotten man? Uh, you guys heard anything about Mike Soroka? Because when you talk about a lockout being a little longer than expected, um, and we talk about you know it being advantageous for Ronnie, you know's health and uh, healing process, Mike—he's probably in the gym. I mean, I saw him celebrating when we won it all, and he looked yoked. So um, I bet—I mean, I know he's not putting it on the internet like Ronnie does, but I mean, I'm just kind of wondering. You know, could we could we run it back? <laughs> There's literally no information about Mike Soroka. I think he grew his hair longer. That's about all I can figure out. I don't know <laughs> anything. I'm not sure if he has an Achilles on his left leg anymore or what. But one thing I will say about Mike Soroka that I never knew. Did you guys know that he's 6'5", 225? I know he's, yeah, he's really tall. Yeah, he's super tall. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like huge, he's, he's he's huge. He's, well, he's huge. a hockey player, so like think about. But that. he doesn't like, look like a big hockey player. He looks like you know a six foot hockey player. He's six five. Dwayne Wade effect for you? <laughs> yes, massively. I mean, he's <laughs> Chipper Jones size though, and he doesn't look like Chipper Jones. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because I mean, even Chipper is a. A youngster was, you know, you felt like, oh, he's tall, you know, but that's because you saw him in the box every time. I think being on the mound, What's the box, <laughs> being being on the mound, it's a little different. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw Chris Medlin at a restaurant like two months ago, and I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely Chris Medlin. And <laughs> and Jim said, you know, it's him if he's on a booster seat. <laughs> Oh, no. What was it? Or something like that. I was That's like, damn, nice. so, so cold. <laughs> oh, bloody. He's a nice guy. I met him a couple of times. So, but yeah, like you, you can tell, like, it's so weird to see, like, or hear about, like, you know, guys you see on TV. You're like, oh, you know, look, standing that with when Dwayne is standing next to Shaq, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But you're like, wait, he's how tall? <laughs> 
Yeah, don't don't put uh put Chris Medlin next to Dwayne, and then you're like, oh, that's what you mean by Dwayne Wade effect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. Uh, that is a that is a bit of a throwback reference for you guys who might be new listeners. Um, the OGs now. Bad news for you if you're new. <laughs> <laughs> We got a we got a great catalog for you. Good backlog of uh, of content for you to go back and listen to. That's completely outdated and probably not that great. Um. Anyway, no. Just saying. I would. You know, when we were talking about Ronnie, I was like, oh, what happened to Mike Soroka? Um. This show is going to be off the rails, but whatever. Let's uh let's go to a controversial topic in baseball, and then I'll, I swear I'll let it die. Um. You know, we started the show with the tease there that Poppy's going to um, Cooperstown. David Ortiz, yeah, he's he is first ballot Hall of Famer, and I was not necessarily shocked that he got in, but I really, really thought Bonds, maybe Clemens, were going to sneak in just because of the, you know, there's a couple of good baseball follows on Twitter. I think it's um, Ryan Spader, I think he's Ace of Spader, and then uh, Thibodeau, can't remember his first name. Um, they usually do a good job of uh, doing the Hall of Fame ballot trackers. So when guys make their vote, their votes uh, public, you know, we can see like, OK, blah, blah, blah. Well, like every day, I swear to God, everybody was like they check the box for for uh, Barry, Roger, Andrew, blah, blah. And I was like, OK, these guys are making some serious headway. Well, there's also 75 percent of the guys who don't make them public. There's also a ton of guys who don't even submit if they don't like the players they might submit an empty ballot which is such bush league but um it's just really surprising to me that uh they didn't get in on their last year of eligibility and jim you might be able to speak to this or clark i'm not not sure but isn't there a way for like the veterans committee or something like that to get these guys in down the road or they just completely out now no, th- there's there's a way uh, for them to get in. If I if today I saw, I believe it was Dale Murphy tweet that there's another selection process that he hopes he'll have um, some luck in, which I definitely think he will. Uh, That's another one completely deserving. <laughs> uh, Fred McGriff as well, but I'm not gonna. We, we can go on. The, we can go on this for days. Yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't have to go there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but th- there is a way they could still get in. Go there. Go there. Go there. Oh, sorry, I was muted. Now, I want to go there with Andrew Jones. And I know yep. he's only in his, like, fourth year of eligibility or something like that, fourth or fifth. Um, so he's got some time, and he's gained some, you know, percentage of votes. You have to have 75%. He was at, like, 41 this year. Um, I think you can, to me – I mean, we, we know that a lot is broken about baseball, and Jim, you alluded to this earlier. That's why I said we were going to touch on it. When they when you talk about people in charge not wanting to grow the game and or they tell you they want to grow the game, but then they don't change, or we talk about movies and executives at studios who completely fuck up a situation, this is what I'm talking about. Andrew Jones, you know, we're not going to talk about personal life. I know everybody wanted to compare him to – some other player that hopefully doesn't play for us anymore, blah, blah, blah. But literally the greatest defensive center fielder of all time, statistically. Played at the same time as Griffey and was better. 
and it's He's not better. even it's honestly not even close defensively. To anyone. There's no one else. <laughs> I mean, you could you could make a case for Willie Mays barely, you know, but when you use these advanced metrics that they're, you know, that everybody's obsessed with now, it's there's just no comparison. So Plus he hit four hundred plus home runs. I mean four hundred and thirty four like bombs. Yeah. I mean it wasn't a chump at the plate either. And if, you know, guys like Ozzie Smith, who, look, I love watching Ozzie Smith highlights as a kid as much as anybody, especially one, you know, playing on the infield. And it was so cool doing the flips and the crazy throws and blah, blah. But it's like if that guy can get in, you know, hitting 260 and, you know, based solely on defense, why the hell is Andrew Jones not there? I just it just makes no sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just glad they kept Clemens and Bonds out because I can't stand cheaters. It is what it is. That's just my opinion. You guys can uh, argue with your neighbor's cat. I don't give a shit. Uh, I will say this, though. (laughs) Following along with a little bit about what Rico said earlier about uh, good follows on Twitter, I think it was Ace of Spader. It might have been Ryan Spader. It might have been someone else. But uh, it was a funny quote that I saw about keeping Barry out. Uh, David Ortiz's career on base percentage was 380. If you took away every single one of Barry Bonds' home runs, his OBP would still be 384. And I was like, damn, sucks to be a fucking cheating piece of shit then, I guess. I mean, uh, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue to the neighbor's cat or anything like that. But I'm just I can't ignore those numbers. I guess I've just softened on the issue because I'm looking at it from the perspective of when there was no official testing in place. I really I mean, as much as I want to say, like, you know, I've read Chipper's book, Ball Player, and it's great. It's a great book and everything like that. And, you know, he talks about how he's clean the whole time and. You know, I want to believe guys. A guy like Griffey was clean the whole time and everything like that. And was an amazing player. We really don't know who was and who wasn't doing something to get an advantage. And let's just say, I would. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw a stupid number and say, let's say half or forty percent of the major leagues, whether you whatever position you play, was taking something to try to get an edge to stay in the league and stay with a paycheck and blah blah and just keep up, right? So let's just say that number of players are trying to do something extra. So they still couldn't keep up with Barry Bonds, and he's probably on. The, they're on the same shit. Let's just say they're on the same drugs. He's still that much better, which, you know, to your point, that means he shouldn't have cheated, but. I mean, he was good to begin with. We're talking about, look, look, if we're talking about I mean, his numbers whole, prior whole, to 98. I hate, run, hate the home runner here. Obviously, that's Hanks, I, you know, but the like on base percentage, the intentional walks, shit like that. It just can't be ignored. It's insane. <laughs> Talk about That's, squaring up a baseball. You walk a guy with nobody on base. You intentionally walk him in the second inning. Nobody's on base. Look, like, what put him fuck? in the Hall of Fame based on his stats 98 and before, and I'm good with it. You go after that, he can suck my dick. I don't fucking care. And, <laughs> and, and honestly, I, I think that's a fair compromise because I I, I, I did a story about, um, about Bonds, about him being left off a few days ago. And I, and just whatever uh, group chat I was in, I mentioned I was like, yeah, like his Pittsburgh years and the first part, first half of his San Francisco years, like yeah, that's Hall of Fame worthy right there. So, 
And I'm good with that. It's the same thing with Clemens. They took the shit to expand and extend their careers into later age so that they could – I mean, they tainted records, and that pisses me off. Well, agreed, but – They weren't getting those records at 40 and 41 without significant – I mean, we're not even talking about like a little bit. The agreed, motherfucker agreed. looks like two human beings now. Agreed, agreed. But, okay, here's another caveat. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire saved baseball when it was dying on a vine after the lockout. The home run chase literally made it the most popular sport for at least a couple years. I mean, without that, where where is the game right now? I mean, it made little boys even want more to go out and, and play the game. I mean, of course, they look like freaking Marvel superheroes, but at the end of the day, that was – that's part of the history. And then, and obviously baseball turned a blind eye then as a whole. So hey man, it happened. And Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior made you want to be a wrestler. All right. But you know, I'm saying the league, the league thing. let it happen. So what no, I agree that the league's complicit in the <laughs> so problem. They can't, so they can't just be like, no, you can't be in the hall because your numbers don't count. And it's like, well, that's BS. Cause you let me do this on purpose to make you money. This is, <laughs> I think where I, detract from you know uh what it takes to make money in baseball and keep the that wheel turning versus what baseball is to me and i think it's uh, it's the most disrespectful fucking thing you can do and then to expect that you are owed uh, an entrance into the hall of fame just because it didn't matter to you then and now it does is bullshit. That's bullshit. They don't deserve to be in. And neither does, I mean, it's just, I, I can't. Roger even said one time he doesn't even care about that. That he just wanted to be able to compete. Well, because, yeah, he just tweeted, he tweeted the he other day. Yeah. He tweeted the other day. He cares and, now. You know, yeah, because, yeah, he, yeah he's just trying to get a, a sob story out there. But I'm just saying, when the system is corrupt, can you punish the people for being corrupt when they're operating within those rules you know like it it's just not you know it's just kind of a when they, when they're complicit it just kind of it's rose me the wrong way you know and everybody hates everybody hated you know barry and roger because they were dicks to reporters and whatnot but you love poppy and he obviously had increased numbers at one point, you know, once he left Minnesota. So it's like, okay, well, what's going on there? But yeah, I'm not saying anything about him either. <laughs> like, you shouldn't cheat. That's all I'm saying. A Rod can suck my dick too. I mean, well, his was the most, his is definitely the one where everybody can always point their, you know, uh, turn their nose down at him a little bit because he got caught like three times. <laughs> It was definitely two, but it feels like it was like seven times. It's like, dude, what do you, you really got the wrong dealer. <laughs> Are you announcing it when you walk in? Like, hey guys, I just took a shot in the ass. Uh, you just walked in with the needle still in your butt. I don't, I don't understand. That's man. I bet that's the nightmare he has it. <laughs> and then his teeth fall out. <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine being on steroids. That sounds like a terrible existence. Um, Anyway, so there's our baseball rant for the week. Uh, hopefully by the next time we do a show, uh, we'll have some actual news. So we just kind of wanted to just vent 
fucking bitch for a minute. But anyway, um, we will kick it over to some football. And I don't really know if we have that much college football news. I mean, I know there's been a little bit of shakeup with some coaches or recruits, but whatever. Who cares? Um, I just wanted I do want to apologize to dogs fans out there who do listen to the show. I thought Bama was going to win by 10 or more. I thought they were just going to kick your ass, honestly. Just um, I, didn't, I didn't think they would get over the hump. But I, I'm guessing, you know, um, the break, you know, I guess you could say United, you know, maybe they put a little crack in the dam of the curse of Georgia sports. And then the Braves broke it. And then Georgia basically just tore that bitch down. I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, when it comes to winning multiple titles, George is definitely in the better position, I would say, um, unfortunately for us as non-Georgia fans on this show. But, uh, I mean, I will say it is it is kind of cool. I wasn't necessarily rooting for it, but it is kind of cool know that, knowing that uh, the state finally finally gets some, uh, some relief. <laughs> Georgia fans haven't been that crazy that I've been around, actually. They've actually – I feel like, yeah, I think it's more of a relief than anything. I was going to say, uh, you say relief, I say release. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Been pent up for. That's very tantric. Very, very, uh, uh, yeah. It's been a monk sitting in solitude for 30 years. <laughs> 40 years, actually, in that case. I mean, I, you know, listen, you're right. Good for them or whatever. <laughs> you're, you're right. You know, I. I congratulated my friends who I know are Georgia fans, and, all, and I didn't. I lit, I didn't say anything other other than, "Congrats, that's it." I wasn't going to go on the soliloquy like I'm happy for you, blah, blah blah. Yeah, you got a championship, but I also know like half of them are Braves fans, so I'm like, "You're you're good." This this should keep you. This should keep you good for for at least ten years. But <laughs> but uh, you know they did it. Uh, I'm a little surprised, Rico, that you know there hasn't been much gigantic celebration in the in the state of Georgia. But you know, hey, at least I'm not around it. Hey, well, you know, yeah, I mean, they did it in Athens. Obviously, you know, makes sense. You know, I guess it would have been different. Uh, you know, like say if Tech won a title and it was here in you know the metro area, it'd be a lot different. Um, you know, when your school is out in the country, it's uh, I mean, yeah, they filled it up, um, filled up the stadium, parade, blah, blah, pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, we didn't have to really deal with it here. Um, and because I'm not a fan, I didn't have to, like, trek my ass all the way out there for a parade or anything. Uh, one of the guys in my neighborhood is, and he had to do that. And I was like, man, that sounds like it's miserable. And then I was also, like, in our neighborhood guys group chat, I was like, we need to buy a bus. And, mm, and I was like, oh, no, yeah, babe, that sounds terrible. Sorry, I got to go. The guys are here in the bus. We're we're going somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Auburn won a natty. We're going, we're going to Auburn, Alabama. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> just keep a bus in, on deck just in case. Yeah. Um, you know, you're busing. You got to hire a driver each time. Is, that a, is there a service for that? You can hire well, a driver. See, there is. Uh, there is or you could just rotate the driver out per trip you know yeah that's hard yeah nobody wants to be that guy though (laughs) see we did that we did that this past week we went to mexico or actually it was tuesday of this week 
we went to Mexican and the driver ended up drinking. We had to get somebody else to do it. Yeah, nobody wants to be that guy. <laughs> Jim, yeah, move back to Georgia. To a really good <laughs> I mean, job. I, I'd do it. I'd, I know Jim's going to have one drink. I'll be like, okay, Jim yeah, can drive. <laughs> I mean, that would be like job number five for me. Be like, I'll drive. You're going to pay me, but I'll drive. <laughs> Jim, you need to find other like-minded individuals such as yourself and start a driver service. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. That's our next career. <laughs> um, a sober app. <laughs> oh, damn it! You just said it out loud on a on a widely listened <laughs> that to podcast. No one listens to. Not even the FBI this. cares. Somebody's gonna steal that idea. Oh man. Um. Anyway. That's all I really want to say at college football. Uh, I do want to move on quickly to some NFL. Uh, I do want to say it's a, it was a bit of a party in the NFC South the other day because Sean Payton is no longer the coach of the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, that might not sound like much, but, you know, as a Falcons fan, that man has tormented us for, what, like 15 years. Um, I mean, he just – he literally, you know, destroyed Mike Smith, uh, Dan Quinn, and – at least Arthur Smith, I think, split with him in his only year going head-to-head. So at least he's got that going for him. But I really just hope that um, because the Saints are $70 million over the cap, um, it's going to be interesting how they form their roster. Jameis Winston, is he coming back? You know, I think he was on a one-year deal. You could run with Taysom Hill. That'll be fun. Um, I, w- I want them to hire like Dan Quinn or Jason Garrett. Or one of these like retread coaches that just gives us the best chance to keep to start winning and dominating that series. Awesome. Dan Quinn just announced that he's staying as defensive coordinator in Dallas, so that's Damn off it. your radar. But maybe Jeff Fisher is still around. Ooh, he's not about that seven and nine BS. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's all about that seven and nine life. He started it. He, he's actually <laughs> coaching in the USFL now. Like I said, he's available. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Trump football is not going to last. <laughs> um, it would be interesting, you know, and then, you know, you have uh, the Panthers who are still, you know, uh, rebuilding kind of just like we are. Um, they have, you have the Bucks where you have Tom Brady, who's about to be 75 years old. He's just a little bit behind Joe Lewis. Um, he might be older than Joe Lewis at this point. It feels that way because he's been in the league so long. But, you know, he hasn't announced whether or not he's coming back. Um, I mean, this is how this is how it happens every spring, guys. Every time the season's over and I'm like, well, I'm not going to have any expectations. And then I get drawn in by some bullshit storylines where I'm like, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> In the fall, these Falcons could rise up one more time. <laughs> I mean, what? We got to week 16 and still technically in the playoff hunt, so anything's possible. And I believe today I read where Byron left, which is going to be interviewed by by New Orleans. So basically, yeah, like <laughs> at this point, the NFC South is just incredibly, incredibly petty from – Make, for making sure anyone else you know doesn't <laughs> doesn't get a job. It'll be it's gonna this is a this is a great off season storyline. Um, you know, and and you know we'll probably do a little bit of draft talk uh, in one of our 
final two shows, I guess. But, you know, I don't really like to talk about it right now because, you know, draft the draft class um, is like high school recruits to me. It's like I as much as I think you're such a baller on film and blah, blah, I'm like, you got to show it to me. Like, I just I don't get that hyped up about a a first year player, you know, like it's, it's pretty rare that a guy comes in and makes a, a huge splash, at least at the NFL level. It's, it's really hard to do. Um, gotta be pretty special and just in the right situation. So we'll see. Um, do want to say, yeah. So one of the teases at the top was conference championship weekend and, you know, technically, you know, usually typically this is the best Sunday in football, you know, as we were growing up, I mean, I, I feel like in the nineties, early two thousands, um, your Super Bowls could often end up as blowouts. And this was the time where you're like, okay, I get two games with the best four teams, uh, going at it. This is going to be great. Uh, but last weekend, the divisional games, I guys, I mean, what the hell? I mean, all of them were one score, down to the wire and obviously the finale of the bills and chiefs just a heartbreaker uh because i i mean it's hard not to root for the bills because they're just as tortured as we are here in atlanta i mean i really i hated it for them but at the same time that those last two minutes especially the 13 second sequence with with travis kelsey literally leading that drive was one of the most amazing football things i've ever seen in my life I hate it. I think it's fucking bullshit. And uh, I think, I think, honestly, I think the Kansas City Chiefs would agree with me because the way that game was going, especially, it's a, it's a great segue into having a conversation about why this rule is bullshit. It doesn't give the other team a chance for a rebuttal, and you should always do that. That's what sports is all about. This is crazy that it just ends all of a sudden. And I'm pretty sure Pat Mahomes said basically the same thing. And the way that game was going, it's like, give the other team a chance, for sure, like to answer. And if they don't, we feel like we're the best out there. But you can't feel like you're the best that beat the best if you don't give the other che- team a chance to win. Like, it's it's two sides to the football, defense and offense. And it it's just, it's taken a 50% of the game away, in my opinion. I I disagree. They had 13 seconds to stop them. <laughs> yeah, but but no, but and then yeah, he also okay. had a whole defense. Foot, whole the offense is stopping anybody. The offense yeah. isn't stopping anybody. They either, they deserve either, a chance to get on the field and listen. You, you can say the same thing about the Chiefs. <laughs> you can say the same thing exactly. about the Chiefs for letting the Bills back in it. And I wouldn't feel bad but, if the Chiefs were lost. No, 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 no. It's, not, no, no, it's no, your no. fault. But, they, you yeah, didn't stop them. Well, you're not. You didn't stop well, them. Well, you said it's both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball. Both sides have to play. You're not considering is that is that the Chiefs got to answer. They got to answer in the regular in the regular um, time. Because the, the Bills the gave Bills too much time. No, dude. It's, it's batshit. That's a stupid fucking overtime. That's stupid. That's dumb. Why, I don't, I'm so confused that you would ever be for a I single did. team getting an opportunity to win a game. That's so stupid. It's that you're, you're taking an NFL game and putting it to a coin flip. That's what you're doing. Because if you win the coin flip, you basically win the game more times than not. I'm sure that more times than not, of course, but you, you also have the opportunity to stop them. 
I don't understand how you don't ha- you you had a shot. Craziest. This is you the had a shot. Craziest, craziest rule in any sport that's still around. No, it's the just, worst one. The worst one is the, is the worst one is the the new college overtime rules with the two point conversions. That's stupid. <laughs> I like that. Oh, you like that one? <laughs> I do. I like that. I like that because it, it forces them to have to make an extra play. And there could be some weird shit happening with that kind of stuff, which is fine with me. That's like the seven-inning thing. I'm cool with that. But both teams need an opportunity to score a touchdown. That's my point. Both offenses need to be on, uh, given an opportunity to be on the field. There's no strategy involved if it's just one offense versus one defense, and good luck. But you had four quarters. So did the other team. Got, yeah. It's so overtime. The game's got to end. Because the game's got to end. Even the guy said, point. listen, what does the guy say? What does the referee say when he flips the coin? Right before he flips it, what does he say? We've got a new game. That's not a fucking new game. It's just a coin flip. It's some backwoods alley gambit bullshit. I'll give you, I could give you a five minute or 10 minute quarter. That's fine. But, you know, Again, what if you end up tied again? You're going to just keep playing? Just keep playing? I don't even need time. <laughs> oh, look, dude, here's the thing. I don't even need time. I just need both offenses to get a chance and both defenses to get a chance. That's it. If you want to do it from the 20-yard line, I don't give a fuck. Start them from the 20-yard line. Give them a chance to get in the end zone. If they get if they get those four uh, opportunities and they don't get in the end zone and the other team does, it's over. And I'm fine with that as long as both teams get an equal opportunity to have the ball in their hand. That's the part that I'm fed up with. It's crazy. That That's crazy. What if you do it NHL style where it's just like we're going to keep playing until the game, until it's zero? I just don't think needed. that's applicable in NFL because it could go forever. Same thing with baseball. I, in NHL, it works fine because it's so much faster. That would even work in hockey, I mean, uh, soccer as well because it's quicker. You know what I mean? It's not going to be applicable yeah. in football, in my opinion. But. I just I just want both teams with a chance with the ball in their hand. That's it. If one team gets the stop and the other team doesn't, it's fantastic. One team gets a touchdown and the other one doesn't even get a field goal, whatever. I mean, that's it. But you had your chance. It's supposed to be a new game when that coin flip happens. It can't be down to the coin flip itself. That's fucking bonkers. I, I still think your defense has to make a play. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, I don't. I guess it. Look, could the Falcons have won the Super Bowl if we've gotten the ball back? If we got a second chance, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, we literally just choked away a 25 point lead, so you deserve to lose the game, honestly. So, you know, you could say the same thing about any team that's like, oh shit, we just we left too much time on the clock. They tied it and. Fuck! Well, they just they just scored, so it's over. When we we just lost this game, I get it. This one was a little more back and forth. I I understand that, but to me, I feel like you're a professional athlete. You had all the time in the world. You could you got to figure this out, you know. And that's and it's not necessarily on the players. Maybe it's just on coaching, but you got to figure that out. And I mean, it's the NFL, so we're still. I think a lot could be said that the winning team in that game also has a problem with the same rule that's well of course so i mean i i heard the story the other day so like what was like three or four years ago i guess the rules committee met you know in the off season and the chiefs were the only team to challenge the overtime rule 
Everybody else just let it ride. So, yeah, of course, it bit the Chiefs in the ass four or five years ago, whenever it was, and now they're like, well, now we're benefiting from it, but yeah, it sucks, sorry. Going to the conference championship. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just don't, I just feel like you had your chance. The entire so, season comes down to a coin flip. A coin flip. Or it's playing defense. It's not even a play or anything. It's a or coin playing flip. Defense. No, dude. <laughs> Both teams are, all right, let me ask you a question. When you go to overtime, what's the score? Zero, it might zero. as well be zero to zero. zero, zero. It's a new game. <laughs> so both teams need an opportunity with the football in their hand. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. It's a new game, then you both get the opportunity with the football. Period. Otherwise, it's not a new game. It's just a but point it, flip. Okay, it's so now you're, just saying some, now you're just saying semantics. It's not a new game. It's just an extension. It's overtime. It's not a new game. That's just people say, we got a free – it's like free baseball or – it's a whole new ball game because it's tied now. It's like, no, it's really not a new game. It's just we got to end this game at some point. <laughs> and we've the been playing for four hours. <laughs> both teams deserve an opportunity to have the football in their hand. That's what I'm saying. Because, listen, if they kick a field goal. I think it's fair. I think what you're saying is fair. If they kick a field goal, what happens? The other, the other team, team gets the ball. gets the ball. It's the fucking stupidest rule ever, Rico. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. I'm going to throw something out my window. This is the worst rule in any sport that's ever been conceived in history. And you're going to take a stand on it on the other side. <laughs> Three episodes before we're done with this shit, we finally have an argument. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it took this long to... <laughs> you get the rosary beads. Hold on. Pray to Freddie Freeman. Pray to Ronald Acuna. The bobblehead will be... <laughs> oh good times um yeah well there's the there's that conversation um anyway so we're gonna have the the rams and the niners and the chiefs and the Bengals. so i'm Excited honestly Bengals, man that's crazy i'm saying i'm rooting I'm, I'm rooting hard for Bengals rams i think um you know when you talk about our super bowl um, that was lost. Uh, I still blame Kyle Shanahan. So, and Dan Quinn. But, know, but also, not... at the same breath, you wish he would have been the head coach, and Dan got let go. Right? Are we on oh, the absolutely. same page? Oh well, yeah, yeah, no, right. no doubt, cool. no doubt. Just no trying doubt. to make sure uh, you're not a robot, and you're still the person I know you are. <laughs> I mean, he he left, so f him. Um, so yeah, so he still needs to. You know, uh, feel some pain for several more years. So I'm, 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 pain. I'm riding with uh, Georgia boy Sean McVay um, to maybe, you know, get back to a Super Bowl for the NFC and hopefully Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Um, you know, it's just nice to see, you know, you know, some new blood per se. I mean, I know the, yep. Both teams, you know, technically, I guess all these teams have titles in their past. Um, but we haven't seen uh, the Bengals or the Rams win in a long time. So I'd rather at least just get some new blood in that sense. Um, that's where I'm riding. I don't know if I'm going to pick. I'm not picking the game. I don't know. Uh, I hope it's as good as what we just saw, like we said. I mean, the the divisional round, that was the best best, uh, best four games. I, and it, it's not hyperbole. I feel like 
most people would tell you that's probably the best four games they've they've seen in a row. I mean, we're one weekend where every game was actually intriguing. Oh, <laughs> so good. And, like, I didn't have a dog in the fight, and it was just – you know how it is when, when your team's not in it. You're just like, I just want to see a good game. And it was just, man, talk about living up to that expectation. It was better than I could have ever even hoped for. Well, it's like, you know, Jim, it's one of those things where – as much as I want the Falcons to always be a contender and always be there, it is there's something to be said about watching a game completely stress free. <laughs> it's not not the worst thing. <laughs> no, not at all. Last week was the perfect uh, example of that, and even um, now with the advent of uh, you know fantasy football and all that, I still I watch Falcons games, but I've but I've also kind of not fully invested rightfully so just because you know they are you know cap hell absolute garbage but it you're right it is fun to actually sit down watch a game watch two great games this weekend and be like oh my god i don't know what's going to happen and whoever loses or wins it will not affect me mentally and that feels fantastic yeah it's not like uh it's like you know what we what we said in our our show a few weeks ago before georgia and bama played i'm like Honestly, I don't really care if Bama wins this full damn thing because they've won so many that it's not going to affect me anymore. You can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> I'm numb to it. So I, I'm numb to it when it's when my team's not in the fight. But I'm like, this could be still this still could be exciting. Like I, I could I can like drink my beer and I can go to sleep without a racing heartbeat. This is great. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was a. Uh, yeah, like like Clark said, it was uh, really unfortunate that it's taken like six years for us to like finally argue about something on this show. We always agree about so much shit. Um, <laughs> That's what happens when you've been friends for this long. You just kind of know, <laughs> you know, like you it's, like some of the same shit, so much the same stuff. Yeah, but this uh, one you're wrong. <laughs> they had four quarters. <laughs> Um, anyway, speaking of, yeah, yeah, they had five. They just should have won the coin flip. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can't blame Josh Allen. Tails never fails until it did. That's, That's unfortunate. True. I was That's... thinking the same thing when he called it. I was like, yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're playing Madden, you're playing NCAA. Back in the day, shh, you always call it tails, dog. I mean, that's how it is. It always works. percent um, of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Um. Anyway, that being said, so speaking of four quarters, um, we are, I guess, in the second quarter of the NBA season as we are um, getting closer to the All-Star break. And the All-Star starters were announced, the team captains, LeBron and Kevin Durant. Trey Young um, finally cracks that starting lineup. So stoked about that locally, but most importantly – it's um, the fact that the Hawks are finally starting to turn it around. And I know people were kind of like a little torn about that Cam Reddish trade, but um, they've been better since it. So maybe Schlink kind of knows what the hell he's doing. Um, I just I just still always go back to that damn ankle sprain last year. I'm like, had that not happened, I, I swear to God they were going to win the title. And you know, who knows if the Braves and then the Dogs would have won, but this would have been the title state USA. That would have that would have been the coolest shit ever. <laughs> Even though we're not Dogs fans. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying not to compare it to last year because yeah, they start they, this year they started off slow and all that, but it's funny because last year what happened? They fought, they got they got rid of Lloyd Pierce, brought Nate in, and then that changed everything. This year, get rid of Cam Reddish, won five six games in a row. I'm like. Is this really <laughs> what <laughs> this franchise does now? Like, we have to lose a piece to make a run. But, I mean, listen, if they're playing better, they're playing better. I know there's a lot of talk about trades, including John Collins, and I think, you know, I think Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, his name, came up with a trade earlier. And, I mean, right now I'm just trying to focus on what this – what this team can do, and right now they're playing, they're playing really well, and and I think having Bogey back is a is a big uh, difference maker there as well. I think you you got to give a lot of credit to the um, development of a guy like uh, King Akongwu, uh Anyeka Akongwu, who has you know came back from off season you know surgery, I believe, you know he they you know slow played it little G league action to rehab. And then he has come in he has been an absolute monster. Um, especially, you know, for a lanky dude, he's a really good defensive presence, um, for this squad. He's been way better than Capella pretty much all year, uh, when he's been on the floor and yeah, it's hard to compare them. The two, you know, year to year, every team is a little different, even if you bring back majority of the same players, but you're not wrong in the sense that they are following the same script where they started slow and then they got on a run. And I just want to believe this is real right now. And I don't, you know, I thought when we started the season, I know last fall when we were talking about, you know, okay, Hawks are coming in, you know, I'm looking at a top three seed player. And now it's like, Ooh, just don't be in the play in game. Can you get in like, can you get to like six? <laughs> Can you maybe, you know, you know, scrap and claw your way up that ladder a little bit so you can uh, not be in one of these elimination, you know, win or go home kind of situations right off the rip. But uh, I think, you know, getting rid of John Collins and I'm sure Clark, you would probably agree. Maybe not because of our recent discussions in this show. Um <laughs> the Trey, the Trey and John dynamic. I mean, I feel like that's what you got to ride with as a franchise right now. If you're Travis Schlink, you're like, no, these are my two aces, and we want to build around them moving forward. Um, I mean, I'm I not trading them for Ben Simmons. I, no, 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 <laughs> I, no, no. I'm with you. This is soft dog. I don't want him. Um, but I'm with you. So let me think. Let me put my GM cap on. If I'm in his shoes. Me making the decision. I agree with you. If I'm Travis Schlink making the decision, though, and not myself in his position, right, then, you know, he probably doesn't care the way that I do. Well, yeah, because he, he just feel, he has to make you know? it he has to make a business decision and not well, a he also gets to see what the actual what what is the actual offers available and i can't see that so my devi- my decision is going to be based on my emotional connection to the team but if i'm travis slink as him you know what he's seeing may be something that's just like but in either scenario 
to answer your question, uh, the offer would have to blow them away. So it's not like, you know, whatever it is that the 76ers want for Ben Simmons must be, you know, part of Antigua and, and own, their own island built. Or something <laughs> because no one is giving them anything. Plus, like, yes, he's good. Would he fit? Probably. Is he ready to play now? Yeah, I don't like him personally as a player because I'm more of the the knifing type go-get-it guys. That's what I like to see, and he's not that. I think he's soft, and I've said it once, and I'll say it again. I think he's soft, and I can't stand soft basketball players. So that may be just the Kobe blood in me or the MJ because that's where I got into basketball was watching MJ play, and that dude ain't got a soft bone in his body. But back to what you were saying a minute ago before you posed the question about Travis Slink. You know, if you look at the Hawks' last five games, um, they've played out of their mind. They've looked really good. They've flowed well to to, uh, Jim's point. You know, it's kind of the same mold that they're using with different players. And to your point, Rico, I think uh, Anyeke Kongwu has been out of his mind since he came back. And that's something that we've needed for, I mean, we tried to get that with Dwight Howard and couldn't get it. You know, we drafted Bruno and that dude is soft too. Uh, He's not going to do anything in this league. And so it's nice to see a guy like that actually blossom into something. Really and truly, I would say that he's already outkicked his coverage in the league and hopefully he just gets better from there but it's also nice that he's an Auburn guy uh Cooper or in in Cooper in Sharif Cooper yeah yeah Yeah. I think that's who you're talking about I got I muted myself I I got them confused Okongwu's from uh, USC. USC yeah yeah uh, is looking good too though uh, yeah no we'll I mean it, huge spark uh, I mean I think the talent evaluation I would say you know in in the city right now um, I don't I mean Anthopolis and Schlink are 1A and 1B I, I trust those guys wholeheartedly obviously uh, Fontenot and Arthur Smith you know you know, you got to give them a, a pass of a couple years. The NFL, it's just it's a little different. But um, these guys with track records, I mean, they haven't let us down yet. I mean, hell, Hawks made their best run ever. Braves made their second, you know, title. So uh, pretty good stuff. We'll see. Um, I think by the time we do another show, we'll have a better grasp on where the Hawks are. I mean, you know, look, you're not going to go out and do what they did five or six years ago and win. 20 games in a row or whatever the hell they did. You know, that was, that shit was nuts. Um, right. Yeah, that was, and that's not that long ago, dude, but think about how long ago that terms of what this team is now. Yeah. Think about all the turnover. Yeah. That was Orver, Schroeder, uh, Teague. Yeah. That was, that was a fun Uh, squad though. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kyle with the threes and, you know, it was, it was always, it was always money. So it was, it was fun. Uh, That was a good blip on the radar in the Hawks history for sure. Uh, Just enough to, you know, keep you interested until Trey got to town. And that reminds me how long Steph Curry's been doing what he's doing. That's just crazy. 
It's crazy. And to see Clay back now, I, I know not to switch gears really. It's nothing really to do with Atlanta, but, you know, the Splash Brothers were important to me as far as what I like about basketball. So I really like to see Clay coming back and doing good things. He's been making, I mean, he's, he's like 70% from the field right now. I mean, two ACLs in a row, I mean, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> devastating. I mean, Derrick Rose, never the same. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, no, Splash Brothers are always fun. I mean, is there? there's probably not a more likable guy in basketball than Steph. Because, uh, you know, Le- LeBron is the polarizing guy because he's outspoken about certain I, things that, so that confuse people. <laughs> you know, people don't like some of the things he says. Um, That's not the then, part that annoys me about him it's the on the court shit that drives me crazy yeah he's yeah such a bit well there's yeah there's that's what i'm saying like you know he's okay. polarizing in both ways you know like um off and on and um uh, but i mean you know i'm not denying his greatness but you know I, I understand that people can hate him but uh steph i don't i really just don't think anybody hates steph curry is like the most likable basketball player in a long time um so you're right it is a. Uh, Talk about a game that uh, has flourished over the last couple decades. Yeah, take notes, MLB. But you won't, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, we have been talking for way too long. And uh, I don't know. Maybe Jim can cut out some of that bullshit in the middle. I don't know. But leave the arguments. Please leave the arguments. One thing he can't (laughs) cut out. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Got to leave the fun stuff in there. Um, Yeah, so two shows left. Uh, we're going to try to make sure we leave you on a high note. I think this was a good start of that because we haven't all been together in a hot minute. Um, so I would say subscribe, but I don't know. Just, you know, subscribe and then listen to our catalog. Of, follow of, the Twitter. The Twitter <laughs> just, stay just follow us on Twitter at Sports Sportscast. Um, definitely going to stay active as, as long as possible. And always, you know, going to keep our individual accounts up and running at Jim Scroggs, at ATL Crap Sandwich, and at Rico Whiskey. Everybody out there, be good to each other, pay it forward. And uh, in honor of the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant, Mamba out. We'll talk to you on the other side.